Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? What's up, friends? How we doing? So we are going to... I don't know. We haven't really talked. Is this going to be a new series? Yeah, probably. Okay, cool. Probably. So we're starting. I think, I think this is a major problem for a lot of people. I think it is. Um, but we're going to talk about approaching the Bible. Reading the Bible, why it's hard, what you do with it, how do you do it. Yeah. All the things. Um, before we, we started recording and we were just kind of talking through what we wanted to do next, Cullen just asked me, like, what's something that you're, you're struggling with in formation right now? And for me, it, it really is and always has been reading the Bible. Um, and I think that's because there's so many different approaches to how to read the Bible so many different interpretations of all the different texts that sometimes, and, and Cullen's thing is just read it like a story. From front to back, just read it like a story. Just there, read the narrative. Yeah, there are parts of it I tell people to avoid in the early stages of reading, yeah. but yeah, for sure. Um, Don't read Revelation. Oh, yeah. Nobody no. needs this. If you want to read Revelation, stop at the letters of the seven churches. It. That can get real complicated, but it's, it's so daunting to approach this book with all of these different ideas that have been thrown at you about how to approach it. How should you read it? Should you take it word by word? Should you take it verse by verse? Should you continually go back and check the original language? Like, Sometimes it is a little bit daunting how to approach this thing. And for me, lots of times whenever I open the Bible and I start reading and I start my own interpretation of it, I talk to people, I go, I read commentaries and I do all the things and I find that very few people actually agree with my interpretation, if any at all, which then makes me feel stupid. Uh, it's easy to do that. Yeah. It's real easy to do that. Um, first of all, here, here's what I would say is before we can have a conversation about how to read or approach the Bible, we have to kind of have a conversation about what the Bible is. Yeah. What is it? It is. To you. We're having a conversation about why this is hard for you to read. Yeah. Um, what is it? The Bible is a book that I don't know. I've been going back and forth on how to define what the Bible is. I originally started with, it's a guidebook to divine likeness. Um, now you've started saying it's a story that, that tells the journey of humanity coming back to divine likeness. Um, yeah, that is an element of it. 
but I think that a part of the storytelling is also the guide. So yes, and. Okay. And how did it come to be? It came to be by a bunch of dead dudes who were just writing things down. And how involved was God in telling them what to write down? Um, he is involved in the ways that he is involved in the story. Like, I don't feel comfortable with the dictation conversations. Okay, so for those unaware, a dictation theory would be that God told the human authors every single word to write exactly the way that they, God, wanted it to be written. And I feel like much more than that um, would be taking free will away. Um, So, like, I think that, like, God is involved in that these stories are about divinity, right? And about pursuing divine likeness. Um, and the stories in which God is directly involved in everything from start to finish. Um, but it becomes difficult beyond saying that um and that is why it is authoritative because god is involved from start to finish but not actually directly involved in the writing of it okay does that make sense i hear what you're saying so first and foremost i will say if that's how you view the bible Mm -hmm. it's gonna be very hard to read it yeah What, what purpose do you have to read that if that's all it is, mm-hmm. why why do you need to read it? I think because it's still like So like we we have the Jesus thing throughout the gospels and spilling over into acts, right? Like mm-hmm. Jesus being involved tells me that there is something different here in in this collection of writings and the way that the narrative is set up leading to Jesus, that it is truly telling a story of divine likeness that I need to know and I need to be able to follow because Jesus set the example. Okay, so there's a way to know that story without reading the Bible. Okay. Right, you don't, you don't, you could just listen to other people tell you that story. Mm. You don't have to be the one to go and search it out. If if God was not directly involved in writing it, mm-hmm. then you then it does you no good to read it because it's just an academic ascent. It's like reading a history book. Mm-hmm. It's just how other people thought that God wrote it down, mm-hmm. right? If you believe what it says in the Timothy epistles that the text is God breathed, sure, that means you have an element of inspiration, sure. A lot of people take that to mean that it's perfect. Yeah. I would also be one of those people. That it that God breathing into it, the first thing that God breathed into, first of all, that's a made-up word. God breathed in the Greek. That's a made-up word. That's the only time it's used in all of extant writings, including the New Testament and outside. That's the only time that word's ever used. 
So whoever wrote that book, whoever wrote that letter made that word up. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to define that word, I don't care. It, clearly the Greek says God breathed, mm -hmm. but we got no idea what that means to that person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so in order for us to just, to decide what that word means, we have to go back to the story. We have to look at the ways in which God has breathed. Sure. The first time we ever saw God breathe, they breathed into humans. Mm -hmm. Perfect humans who we were told God called very good. Yeah. And yet those humans were perfectly imperfect. Something being God breathed doesn't mean it has to be perfect. Right. And so... I do, I do want to clarify. I, I realize that the, the way I said that did come across as like, I don't believe in the inspiration of Scripture. Right. That's not what I was trying to say. I know it wasn't, but it's real revealing that when mm. I ask those questions, those are what come out of your mouth because mm. those are the ways in which you primarily view the Bible. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong. I'm trying to show you a right. different way. I'm giving you a different frame, lens through which to view the Bible so that it will make reading it more approachable. Okay. Okay? So I think most people have a problem approaching the Bible because they were told it was perfect mm -hmm. and that there were no errors in it. And so because of that, when you read it, and you also have to take into account that it's written so long ago. Yeah. Right, Jesus lived 2,000, more than 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Jesus' ministry, Jesus probably dies in the year 29. Mm -hmm. Jesus is most likely born in the year 4 BC. 4 BCE. The Jesus part happened thousands of years ago. I need, I need you to really wrap your mind around this, listener. America isn't even 300 years old yet. Mm -hmm. Declaration of Independence happened in 1776. Yeah. We are not even 300 years old yet. And we're reading a book about a dude that happened 2,000 years ago. Not to mention that the farthest back we can trace back Israel's history with any meaningful certainty is David. Yeah. David is 1,000 BCE. So we've got at least 3,000 years in this book mm -hmm. of culture, traditions, societies, people groups. Mm. Lots of different world powers going on. The way in which power has shifted across 3,000 years. Yeah. The exodus most likely happens somewhere between four and 600 years before David. So we're, we're really looking at this covering about, you know, somewhere between 16 and 1800 years just the writing, and that's just the exodus. We got no idea. We got no way to even guess. There's no record of Joseph. There's no record of Babel. There's no record of any of those. We don't really have proof of anything that happens before the exodus. Mm -hmm. Now, we're always excavating. There's always new things being found, but as of right now, we don't have any way to like substantiate any of these claims outside of the Bible as our source. Mm -hmm. 
And so when you approach it and you're told it's perfect, you're reading an ancient book, yeah. a culture you don't understand, of people who don't think the way you do, yeah. dealing with problems you didn't know existed. Right. Um, heck, so much of the prophecies are about famine. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you had a famine affect you having to get a meal, Clayton? Never. 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 And yet, that was an annual concern for every person in any era of the Bible. Yeah. It's just a different world. And so to say it's perfect, I don't think is wrong. However, it's very misleading. Yeah. What I'd rather say is that if God breathed in it, then God must breathe out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, what is God breathing out of it? When you go read Leviticus 19 and you read that you're not supposed to get piercings or tattoos, well, golly, both of us, buddy, right? We we're, failed. We're done. Dun- we failed. Dunsies. Um, when you read in 1 Peter that women are not so, supposed to adorn themselves with jewelry, braid their hair, okay? So we just supposed to not let women feel beautiful? Mm-hmm. When you approach it that way, it's so misleading Nobody knows. When you read 1 Peter, when you read Romans, when you read 1 Corinthians, when you read Jude, when you read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, James, these are letters. Yeah. You're literally reading somebody else's mail. Yep. Um, I think part of the reason it's so hard to read the Bible and approach the Bible is because we've made it this thing that makes it unapproachable it's unachievable because we've made it into this big hoopla thing that's perfect and i honestly i think we've done that for the same reason that it took until 1962 Mm. for vatican ii to be like ratified yeah what happens at vatican ii clayton vatican ii is when the roman catholic church decides to abandon not really abandon but transition into a more modern church um, changing some of its doctrine um, and services and no services. longer have to be conducted in Latin. That's right. Why is that huge? That's huge because that's the way it had always been done. And why is it important that that shift happen? So that it's more accessible. And what does that accessibility mean? It means that the average person mm-hmm. now gets to interpret for themselves right. faith That's right. and faith tradition. Mm-hmm. It also in should not same, be lost on us that there is still a large group of people holding to Vatican One. Oh yeah, like that should not be lost on us. Why? Because if you continue to do with them in Latin, mm-hmm. people don't understand and they can't question you. That's right. So in the same way, we told people the Bible was perfect, and we made it difficult to read so that people couldn't question us, and it felt daunting. We wanted people to read the Bible, but we wanted them to read it through our specific lens. We wanted them to put our worldview on it, a very white, modern worldview, Mm -hmm. one that I think is very funny to me. It is laughable. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I think is very humorous to me is we always want to hear these people talk about um, the Bible and having a good hermeneutic and knowing the ancient culture and all those things. Well, the the one that's easy to pick on is sexuality. Mm-hmm. 
because it's the big you know, like sexuality is a whipping boy for most of the people that are in the traditions adjacent to the ones that we're talking about yep. that read that view the Bible this way. But here's the crazy thing about the ancient world sexuality. Nobody, not a soul, thought that a faithful person to their sexuality conducted themselves like the modern white man. Yeah. Monogamously married to one point, like to, to one woman with 2.2 kids. Mm. Nobody thought that was it. Nobody in the ancient world thought that. Nope. Polygamy's running rampant, multiple wives, lots of servants, sex slaves, concubines. There's all kinds of things. Don't forget that wrestling was invented in the Greek Empire. So pre-Jesus, because remember, when we get to Jesus, we're in the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. So around the time of like Plato and Aristotle, you get wrestling. Same wrestling that we have now, except it was a philosophical game. It was a part of a, the Colosseum, and it was done naked. Yep. Men wrestled naked. Philosophy was done in these ancient saunas where men sat around naked talking about philosophy. The ancient world's version of sexuality was nothing like what we view it today. Right. But yet, no, you, you've not heard anybody say that mm -hmm. because if they did, it would put a crimp in the worldview that they want you to adopt, yep. which is, quote-unquote, I believe, Christian nationalism. Yeah. That is not a conversation for today. That is not this podcast. Agreed. But what I am saying to you is the way in which you approach these things absolutely have an impact on how like all of these things interwork. Mm. And I think you have a view of the Bible that's so daunting because people needed to affirm that, oh, yeah, everybody should be able to read the Bible for themselves. Priesthood of all believers. Rah, rah, rah. But I can't have you come in and actually thinking something different about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to make it this big hoopla thing, all these jumps that you have to go through. Nah, forget that. Here's where I'm at. Okay, let me tell you where I'm at and why I tell people to read it like a story. Because me, probably the thing that I view most confidently next to the message of Jesus is the power of the Holy Spirit in every individual human being. If I believe with confidence, with confidence that God is leading this charge, then I should also be able to believe with confidence that the Holy Spirit can lead you to faithful interpretations and gleanings from this sacred book without me having to tell you exactly how to do it. Yeah. Um, are you, if you come to me, if you read first Peter and, and a woman comes to me and says, Hey, I read this. I don't think I'm supposed to wear makeup anymore. I might try to guide her in a different kind of conversation, a mm. conversation about beauty and divine intention for beauty and how that's to be done appropriately. Mm. Um, but by and large, like I have such a high pneumatology that I don't think that I need to be the guardian of how someone in reads and interprets the Bible. Sure. And honestly, to any pastors that might be listening to this, bro, you're just putting a lot of anxiety and extra struggle on your plate that you don't need. Mm. 
You're just absorbing other people's problems for really no reason. We need to be letting, we need to be liberating our people and letting them go out into the world, go out and proclaiming a message of liberation in the name of Jesus, however they've experienced it. And so when I say approach it like a story, what I mean is I want you to read it because I faithfully believe that if God breathes into it, which I do believe, then God will also breathe out of it. And there will be truths to glean from that. And when I tell you to read it like a story, it's because that's how you would approach any other book. And I have full confidence that if you go to read this book with the intention of meeting the divine, the divine will meet you there. And I don't have to be the one that tells you what the divine said. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.